Hey, welcome back to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. Hey, I've got an exciting one today. I, I'm not even going to mess around and try and mess up what exactly, <laughs> how to explain all this. So I'm going to tell you, we do have Guy Hardman on here. He's from Operation Zulu 18. And Guy, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having us. Oh, absolutely. When I, when I heard about what you were doing from our buddy, Ron Smith, I, I had to have you on and get the word out here. So why don't you go ahead and tell us so I don't mess it up. What is Operation Zulu 18? That's a good question. You know, we're still trying to figure that out uh, on our own. Right now, it's kind of a ragtag band of veterans, law enforcement, and community members who have banded together to support some of our new Afghan neighbors. Um, for those of you who didn't watch the news last August, we kind of had a catastrophic failure over there, and we were able to get out. I'm not sure what the exact number it is, but in the tens of thousands of our allies who had worked alongside us or supported the U.S. government's efforts in Afghanistan at some point in some capacity over the last um, 20 years or so. So from that effort, we have several families that have chosen to make uh, North Alabama their, their permanent home, or at least for now. Uh, two here in Huntsville, three in Birmingham, and then some other singles. And they come through a variety of, of different avenues. For example, the families that, that we're helping right now are being administratively handled by a nonprofit called Inspiritus. And they have an agreement with the US government uh, through the State Department to kind of serve as the arbiters, the case managers of the new arrivals for the first few months. There are some other programs. One is called uh, a sponsor circle, and that's where a group of individuals get together, say that we want to be involved in this, helping Afghans resettle, and then they go before the government to prove that they have uh, so much cash on hand and ability to get the family to wherever they're at, get them on their feet, get them set up. And once you can prove that to the, the government sponsor of the program, then they say, here are your Afghans. Uh, this all started with, with one family, uh, the father of which I worked with in Afghanistan about 10 years ago. We were together for a couple of years in a place called Ghazni, Afghanistan, living a mile and a half up on top of a mountain with a bunch of Polish guys. So it was, it was very interesting. Uh, the way he came to me was very unusual. I, I was there in a civilian capacity. I ran a civilian intelligence and interrogation team. That's my background, I did that in the army and I've done it for a couple of different government organizations over the years. Um, anyway, we, we came together there, we became fast friends. He's, he's just a really good dude. You know, if you take the Afghanistan out of the picture, he's somebody that you'd like to be your friend, easy going. Uh, you call him at a moment's notice and, and he'll be there to help you, you know, just like a guy around the block. Anyway, um, he and, and many of his tribesmen from a particular region um, all fought for us. They're from the Paktika province and a particular district. They're ethnic Tajiks. And I'm here to tell you, you won't find any better fighters anywhere around the globe. These guys are open for business and they've been doing it for a long time. So they know, they know what's good uh, in that respect. This man was very good at his job. And as you can imagine, that upset the bad guys quite a bit. Uh, everybody wanted to be the one to remove Commander Z, relieve him of his head, and fortunately they weren't able to do that because God was watching over him. Anyway, even way back then, 
uh, all he ever wanted to do was come to the United States. He, at the time I met him, had spent 10 years uh, around U.S. Special Forces, and he loved the, the attitude and the brotherhood and the camaraderie, and he wanted to bring his part of that over here. It just didn't work out right then. I lost contact with him for a little while, a few years, actually. Uh, he was constantly changing phone numbers and locations again because he was kind of on the run. He had a price on his head when I was there in 2011 to 2013. Uh, but he remembered his training last year as he saw the writing on the wall and, and things were getting bad before we knew they were getting bad over here. He, through a, a predetermined course that we had set up back then, regained contact with me. And I started to help him work on his special immigrant visa package. That's a program where you don't necessarily go to the front of the, of the green card line, but there's a separate, slightly shorter line for special people who have helped us. And this is interpreters, commandos, in the case of, of this guy and, and other people who have verified and validated service alongside US and or NATO forces. So I started helping him work with that and slowly, you know, the what we saw on TV here over the summer last year was really just a, a small part of what was actually going on there. I was getting real time reports from him, you know, it wasn't just, we woke up one day and Taliban were in Kabul. It was a slow and deliberate march back into retake control of, of the city that they once held before we came in 2001. So uh, the story, one of these days, maybe we'll bring him on and let him tell the story of the actual escape because it's amazing. I, okay. I've never heard it before a couple of weeks ago, but you could make a movie just out of that one night. You know, you could make a, a Hollywood blockbuster from the way he, he told it. And I know it's every bit true. Anyway, so this started out, uh, you know, he said, I want to come to Alabama where you are. And I said, all right, let's do it. So I don't know anything about refugee resettlement. I, you know, I know how to help somebody go learn about a new city, but I don't know what all's entailed. A lot of the things that we take for granted every day um, are the things that I've been having to to deal with, not just with with his family, but then his cousin, brother-in-law, and nephew that are in Birmingham living down there. Uh, for example, thermostats. I don't know anything about a thermostat. And the first day after we put them in the new house here in South Huntsville, uh, I came to check on them and they had the thing jacked up to 77. So we had to have our first block of instruction about how the thermostat works. The more you use it, the more money you lose. And uh, the father wasn't picking it up quite as much. The son, the 19 year old son, who is also a combat veteran, he served for three years oh, wow. in Afghanistan's own internal counterterrorism force. This was something else that I didn't know, you know, until they got here. Anyway, he was picking it up a little more and they went secure and talked together for a minute. And I saw the light bulb pop up and he said, oh, not like the base. Because at Fort Dix, where they sat in New Jersey for four months before they came down here, they could jack it up as high as they wanted to and nobody was paying for it. So thus was born the new family motto. This is not the base. Anytime we come up with yeah. something like that now, I'll just look at one of the kids and they'll scream, this is not the base. Speaking of the children, this is an exceptionally large family. Uh, it is mother, father, 15 in oxygen and one on the way. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It is, it, everything that we do with them is truly a military operation. You know, we have to have planning and coordination and logistics, everything laid on. Uh, the only thing we don't have is old Bluebird school bus, which I'd love. If anybody out there's got one of those, 
please send it our way. Hey, make a mental note, everybody. Make a note. But, uh, you know, Partridge Family Bus, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's a large family. They're good people. They came from a horrible situation. Uh, you know, most of the people in this country, unless you have actually been there, first of all, you don't understand the, the situation and the politics and the geography of Afghanistan. But even I, having seen that, I, it is unfathomable to me the things that I've heard them talk about how they survived. For three months before they escaped in August of last year, they lived on the streets. Goodness. And they weren't just living on the street. They were running every five minutes because he was being directly searched for. So when they finally did escape, they, they came with nothing but the clothes on their backs and a stainless steel coffee carafe that they found in a trash heap somewhere, I think. And they were using this to get water out of mud puddles and collect rainwater to soften bread that had been thrown out so the babies would have something to eat. Goodness. The, the older kids and the adults didn't eat many days. We, we can't understand that, you know, most people in this country. I know there are hungry people. I know there are poor people within just a few miles of where I live, but this is a completely different level because unlike here, they don't have a support system you know, by local and state and federal governments that can help them out. They had nothing but their wits uh, and, and God's hand on them. So we're happy to have them here. Uh, they've been on the ground just a little more than a month now. Uh, it's a very steep learning curve, you know, the things like the thermostat and the dishwasher and these kind of things, but they pick up quick. Um, it is a it is a full-time job though it is nothing like when he first said i want to come to alabama what i thought it was going to be like not at all and my family could attest to that too and and the others that have been the core group that have been helping me get them set up i mean it's it really is another full-time job and and maybe a half uh, from the logistics of trying to find a house which i probably went through 25 or 30 uh, before i found one that would actually work with me everybody would hear the size of the family and say thanks but no thanks which yeah. i can certainly understand you know there's a little bit of danger there is it going to get torn up or not um the one we actually found was uh, the owner lives elsewhere not even in the state of alabama it's a purely a rental property and ahi properties are the the ones that manage it for him and i told them the story the ladies there were very nice and they were moved and and they kind of championed for us with the owner to be able to get in there. Uh, we've got some triple bunk beds in there. They do triple. not just- I've seen the triples, man. That's serious. I have. I only have ever seen them uh, in the Three Stooges, but they exist <laughs> in real life because we've got some of them in there. We've got them stacked up high, but uh, you know they've got a roof over their head that doesn't leak. They went to bed last night warm and not having to worry about whether somebody was going to kick in the door and, and drag their daddy away. So- that is a small price to pay, you know, having to be stacked up with your brothers and sisters for, for that comfort. Not bad, uh, yeah. And, and so just the, you know, the amount of time that we've spent on it, again, every bit good and every bit worth it when we see those smiles, but just hard, it's, it's been hard to do. The support from, from the community has been at times overwhelming. Um, when, this all first started, I thought it was going to be Guy Hardman on his own trying to figure all this out. Uh, I knew some of my friends would would help and my family and they have, but 
once I started getting introduced to, to different people, there's another organization here in town called Global Ties. If you're not familiar with them, they've been around for about 60 years. And they actually started out, I believe, as an organization when foreign liaison officers started traveling to Redstone for training and for extended duty, an organization that would kind of help them because many of the officers here at that time had traveled to those countries. So they could exchange cultural, uh, you know, ideals and traditions and that kind of stuff. And then it morphed into they doing some refugee support uh, as well as some other things. So Jackie Scheip is the CEO over there. She's been nothing but wonderful. Uh, she introduced me in early December. We had a Zoom meeting like this, but with a bunch of people, a wide swath of clergy, businesses, and individuals who are members of Global Ties. And then the, the stuff just started rolling in. You know, furniture, in-kind donations, gift cards, diapers, everything. We had, at one time, we had so much stuff, we ended up having to re-donate some of it because we had, we had too much. Uh, so we found some other needy families to, to give that stuff to. Um, how did we get to Operation Zulu 18? Well, initially, like I said, this just started out with the one family, Guy Hardman and, and Z, we call him. Um, and then it started to grow. He called me, hey, sir, my cousin would like to come to Alabama. Can he come there? My nephew and, and so on and so forth. And it's grown. And so Zulu 18, Z, Zulu being the uh, phonetic representation for the letter Z, that's the, what his name starts with, and then 18 for the number of the family. It seems like now, though, since we're supporting six or seven families in two states, we're going to outgrow that name. So we're currently discussing amongst ourselves how we can kind of rebrand to something that we don't want people to think that when they give to us, it's not going to a lot of people, it's going just to him, you know, we, that we're, we're more than just one family. So we're looking at that right now. But that's how it all started. It started with, with me and him being good friends and it has ended up with us now, we are officially filing to become our own 501c3. So we will we will not be the primary, the, the Inspiritus, the organization out of Birmingham will still serve as the case managers and the official representative from the government, but we will pick up the slack where their program has some gaps, you know, day-to-day -day support and, and that kind of stuff because Inspiritus is a very small office and in Birmingham and they they do a lot they run themselves ragged but there's just not enough bandwidth for for them to take care of everybody all the time which is where we're going to try to kick in especially since more families have chosen North Alabama and Huntsville specifically now man well, what's what's the biggest challenge going forward for you guys as as more families come you know we will definitely need more resources so if if there's anyone out there who is led or inclined to to donate with us, you can always contact us at uh, operation.zulu.18 at gmail.com. That's our temporary email address until we get something a little more permanent. Um, what I have found works the best, of course, you know, clothes and that kind of stuff, housewares that are durable goods, they, they always come in handy and furniture, but gift cards are the best. Uh, and I have one lady who's been helping us out, you know, every couple of weeks she calls me and there'll be a inch high stack of gift cards that she's collected from church and family members and friends. And those work the best for a number of reasons, especially the Walmart ones, because Walmart, you can also use at Sam's. All right. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, and that's good. It's, well, for our family, you know, we deal in bulk. We don't just go and buy a two pound bag of sugar. We're going to buy the 25 pound bag 
And uh, so they go through sugar and flour a lot. Anyway, gift cards are, are, are really good for that reason. And the other reason is you can hand the gift card to them and not make them feel like it's just, you know, guy paying for everything and they right. owe me. No, yeah. you are conducting the action. This is yours. Somebody wanted you to have this. Afghans are very proud people, uh, regardless of, of which of the ethnic groups they come from. And there are several there, but they're very proud people. And, you know, I want to start them off on the right foot. First of all, showing them that there are people here who have no idea who they are, don't know them from Adam, but that love them and want to help them. Uh, and that it's not just pity. It's, it's, it is biblical love where all these gifts have come from, you know? Um, so, and then you'll need more than you'll need more people than you think you do. Like I said, I thought this was just going to be me and a couple of others. And we've, we have run ourselves ragged over the last couple of months doing this. Uh, so we are trying to get better. We're all soldiers. So we're not, we should be on paper better about delegating, but we're not, you know, we see a mission and we want to attack it and, and get it done right now. And that's something that we're trying to work on as a group so that we don't get burned out so that we've got something left in the tank when these other families do come um, and we can help those who are coming after us, you know, to, to learn the ropes of what we're trying to do with this organization, which really is, you know, fill in the gaps where the, the government, the federal government programs kind of miss and then provide enduring support after the initial period, depending on what program they are, the federal government support has different, uh, durations, but that's not going to get them hundred percent. You know, we want to provide them, get them to hundred percent. And then over time, make sure that they can stay there on their own two feet. So what's some, uh, what's some day-to-day things that you do? Just for example, if people are wondering what, what's he, what is he doing in all these time running himself ragged? Show me some examples of what a day-to-day would look like for what they need. Well, so today we had, uh, it was, it was dental day for one of the girls. She had two really bad teeth that had to be extracted. So up early in the morning to get everybody ready for that, uh, get her and father to the place, have the appointment back home, get her in bed, medicine. Then we had to go back. She's also the chief cook in the house. She's the oldest girl. She's 16. But now since she's not cooking, we had to go find some other solutions for everybody else, you know, because they rely on, on her to knock that out. Um, it's just, you know, little things. And, and the other thing right now is some of this will resolve itself after we get driver's license and transportation, which we've had the offer of a donated vehicle uh, and we're waiting to, to finalize that transaction. So some of the day-to-day stuff they'll be able to do on their own. The, the father and the oldest son, they both speak English very well. The, the younger children are, are learning and, and mother is coming along slowly. But once you know we solve the transportation problem, that will alleviate a lot of the day-to-day because right now they're kind of you know, they have to wait on us to come and, and get them or another volunteer. Uh, we've also had some, some help from the Huntsville Islamic Center. Uh, they are, you know, providing first and foremost the, the spiritual aspect of it for them. Uh, but they have, uh, a couple of guys over there are doctors, and they have pointed us in the direction of some folks who will help us out until insurance kicks in, uh, because, you know, doctor's appointments in medicine are, are very expensive. And when you have that many children, it's, it's, it's quite a feat. Yeah. We went and bought a couple hundred dollars of medicine today because strep throat is running through the house. Oh man. So 
you know, and, and in those close quarters with that many people, once somebody gets anything, you can just go ahead and start medicating everybody for, you know, they're going to have it most likely. So it's little things like that. Uh, plumbing problems that, that they didn't cause, but that happened and they didn't know what to do. So, you know, they call us and it's day-to-day -day things that you and I take for granted. And if we were doing it for us, it would seem like nothing, but now, you know, we are all doing our own stuff and then covering down for them too. Luckily I live very close to the, to the house. There's only three miles that separates his house and mine. The other primary couple that's been helping us, uh, they live a little further out. So if they have to come in, you know, they kind of have to plan their trips a little better. Um, but we're getting it done. Like I said, we, we are every day now, I get more people that say, you know, I, I want to volunteer, I want to help, what can I do? So I'm in the process of trying to make a consolidated list of who, what, where, when, you know, and, and, and what they want to do so that we can tap into those resources and us back off just a little bit and kind of, you know, manage and orchestrate and delegate so that everybody, not only we get a little break, but everybody else who wants to help gets to help, you know? Right. Yeah. Because, because to deny somebody who wants to serve is, I think it, it's not, it's not right. If somebody has the heart and they're led to do it, you know, we should let them do it. So. That's it. So what, what's, the, what's the plan for getting the, uh, the kids educated, getting jobs? How, how does that process work from here? So they, they, they're registered in school and then we were having some hiccups with getting shots. We did that last Friday and we got all the paperwork back now in hand. So we're planning to start next week. There'll be a couple of them at Grissom and the rest will be split up between Mountain Gap Elementary and, uh, and middle school. So they will, they'll be in school. The rest of this year probably is kind of going to be a wash. It's going to be more, you know, teaching them the ropes, getting them up to speed with English, which some of the children are doing very well. They took some English classes while they were stuck at Fort Dix for a few months. And we've been having English practice every single day since they've been here in January. Uh, anytime somebody new comes to the house, we get them up there by the map and they have to tell who they are, where they're from, where they're living. So it's some map practice, some English practice. And the oldest son has now taken up the job, the, the 19 year old, uh, every day he's running a little English class for him until they actually get in school. So. And I would hate to learn English. English is a ridiculous language, man. If you look at some of our stuff, it is ridiculous. I feel for him, man. I would hate to learn it. Yeah. And then a couple of the girls, I guess there were uh, some people who spoke Spanish that worked up at Fort Dix and, and a couple of the older girls, they really took to that. So they want to learn Spanish. They don't care about learning English as much as they do Spanish. <laughs> so as they're old enough, you know, we'll probably get them in some of those classes in high school. But yeah, it's just, again, it's, it's all the little things that you and I just take for granted and don't think of every day that I'm having to learn how to communicate to these people who have no concept of, of some of the things that we're talking about, you know, uh, credit and uh, background checks. You know, we went to last week to open up a bank account and we're asking for all the information and he gives the information and then when the lady wasn't you know, paying attention. He asked me, though, what is this for? What is this for? I'm trying to figure out how to explain a concept like credit that I understand completely, but to, to put it in terms that he can understand with no background and anything like that at all. It's, I run into those kind of roadblocks sometimes. So we, we've had a couple of times we've had to get some outside help to translate 
because it's better in the better in the target language than it is me trying to explain it in English. I bet. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't know how to explain a thermostat. I mean, right off, if you just with no one who's ever heard of one. So stuff like that. Yeah, I can't imagine doing that. Basically, a whole like you're someone from another planet almost. So that's that's a full time job. It is. I mean, they might as well be on Mars right now. And but that is why you know the again the the main guy who's been helping me. We're we're good at this. Not to break our arm patting ourselves on the back, but we have been in that exact same situation. Because when I first went to Afghanistan, I might as well have been on Mars. And it was right, this man yeah. who showed me he showed me the ropes and showed me what the, you know, the, the social and societal norms were and, and, and guided me through that process. So that's what I keep having to explain to him too. I said, you did this for me 10 years ago. Now it's, it's my turn to do it for you. Uh, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Uh, well, I, man, I think it's awesome. I, you, you never forgot him. That's the main thing. You, you could have just turned your back like, Hey, that chapter of my life is closed. And man, you open up your heart, open up your home. I'm sure too. And just, yeah. I really appreciate what you're doing. I know he is too. And you're changing lives. And, and that's what this show is all about. Just highlighting people like yourself, get positive stuff in the world that, Hey, this isn't national news. No one knows about this 18 people out of thousands that came over here. So, and there, I'm sure there's a, thousands of stories just like that around this country right now and people like yourself out there that we need to highlight and let people know i'm going to link all the, your contact info and show notes people i know there's people that want to come alongside you and help out and fill in the gaps where you can't so like you said you don't want to burn yourself out you're in this for the long haul so uh, we'll start getting you some help man I, I just i think this is an amazing thing you're doing thank you yeah it is i mean and it's it's been very rewarding so far too and i know it will continue to be uh well, that's like I said, we're just we're just trying to do a little bit of good and 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 give them the second chance at the at the good, safe, and happy life that everybody, but especially these people, deserve. Everybody, that's it. Well, guy, man, I appreciate that. Hey, well, like I said, we're gonna link all that. We'll get you some help out there, and uh, just keep doing what you're doing. Stay encouraged. Know that people are are behind you and helping out, and we'll just keep this thing rolling. Cool, outstanding. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. I am so grateful to have these awesome sponsors. Go refinance your house to my friend, Dominic Garver. Here's what happened. I called him up. He checked out my info and he told me I didn't need to change a thing. No trying to sell me on a bunch of other stuff I didn't need. Just, hey, just ran my number and told me you didn't need anything. So let him just run your numbers. He will do everything he can to save you years and money off of your mortgage. You can give him a call at 256-714-1429 or check out his website, rocketcitymortgageguy.com. And then Teak Patnick with Patnick Realty. He's a guy, he's a, he's a native Huntsvillian, just like myself. He's a licensed real estate professional since 2004. Hey, you're not just a transaction with Teak. He wants to build a relationship for life with you. And, and this guy does it all. General real estate sales, acquisitions, property management, investments. You know, prayer, hard work, ethic, honesty, and results are the foundations of what he's been built on. You know, you can trust Patnick Realty with all your real estate needs, and they would be honored to be your turnkey agent for life. You know, I trust trust Teak, and you should too. Give him a call at 256-694-0117 or email him at teak at patnickco.com. All that's in the show notes. You can look up it. Hey, is your child struggling with math? You know, are you frustrated trying to help them? Then you need Mathnasium of Madison. They will meet your child where they are and help them get where they need to go. And they will do this in a positive and uplifting environment. 
you will see measurable changes in attitude, confidence, and school progress. Go to their website, mathnasium.com slash madisonal, and sign up for the assessment. It is a risk and cost-free process that will tell you exactly where your child stands academically. That website again, mathnasium.com slash madisonal. And let's talk a Paralab. You know, you can grow your business with creative merch. You know, they got branded merch, promotional swag. You know, you increase your visual awareness with signs, banners, decals. They can even do an online fundraiser for your school or nonprofit. Go check out everything you do. Go to their new website. They just did it. It looks awesome. It's apparelab.inc, I-N-K. And you can also email them at theapparelab at gmail.com. Either way, use promo code RELENTLESS. Save yourself some money. Get some awesome products. Hey, support these awesome businesses who support positivity. I really appreciate them, and they'll do you right. Have an awesome day.